Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 56 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Two steps forward, one step back, and we've all experienced setbacks. But they're really, really good for us, and we're going to talk about the value of setback in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey, welcome to episode 56. This is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. And I am signaling to Armin to give us some of that beat track. Oh, no way. I'm not doing that out here. <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting here as we were warming up, giving some pretty good, laying down some beats. And now you're not going to do it? Of course not. That'd be weird. That is not this audience. Oh. <laughs> It's just weird. Well, this is the podcast for what's next in life, and guess what's not next was any boxing on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are here to help you to discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God's called you into. And I believe that God has called you in to be a beatboxer. I don't. I don't know about that. (laughs) It's not going to happen. There's not much of a living in there. (laughs) (laughs) We're your hosts, Larry Gates and Armina Saudi. We want to welcome you to this podcast. This episode of Reinventure Me. You'll find the show notes at reinventure.me slash five six because this is episode fifty six. Boom. And the good news there is that it's never ever going to be a golden episode for any of us for, here on <laughs> for out. a long time. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you had offered earlier to do a show on how not to suck at life. Yes, I can show you all the ways that you can suck at life and then how to avoid them. Yes. Well, I'm anxious I've for done that. All those. <laughs> I, I'm, ang- I'm anxious for that show to come up. <laughs> We've got to figure out how to schedule that because I'm going to be all ears on <laughs> yeah, how right. not to suck at life. <laughs> I still haven't figured it fully out yet, but that's all right. (laughs) Well, we want to talk about setback today. Yes. Setback is one of those things where... Makes you feel like you're sucking at life. (laughs) (laughs) How to suck at life. Yes. (laughs) This episode is to talk about how to suck at life. (laughs) And take it and use it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you can be a good... Well, forget that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's probably good to segue to to inspire me right now. Yeah. So here's a great quote by John Killinger. He says, Failure is the greatest opportunity. I have to know who I really am. Mm. Boom. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Except none of us want to go there. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It's a sinking feeling you don't want to deal with. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just. But I mean, at the same time, it's he can't be any more spot on. You never realize who you really are until you face adversity, until you face failure, because your character really comes out in those moments, right? That's not when everything is good that you really find out who you are. It's when everything goes wrong and when you find out who you really are. Yeah. That's why I love that. And a lot of that is you have to come to the end of yourself before you can get there. Right. You know, so that's... It's hard, you know, because setbacks in life are going to occur, and I've had many, mm-hmm. 
You're saying, uh-huh. Well, I'm just <laughs> agreeing. You, so have I. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, Larry's failed a lot. Yeah, it's like, like uh, here's the poster child for sucking at life. <laughs> no, I was, I was empathizing. Sorry. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I have to, I have to test these things. Yeah. <laughs> and we've talked in a number of episodes about some of those. But, you know, uh, when I think about some of the major setbacks I've had in life, some have occurred by my own doing, and some have occurred because of things that I couldn't control. Right. And yet... It doesn't matter whether it's of your own doing or something you can't control. Mm-hmm. In many ways, it feels the same. Mm-hmm. And you ask the same questions like, if only I, you know, you start to think about, well, there's maybe I could have done something different yep. to avoid it. There are people, for instance, that have been in the construction industry, for instance, and have, you know, lost their jobs, gone into bankruptcy and all the oh, rest yeah. because the industry just went kaboom. Yep. And there were a lot of people in the tech industry when I was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> And there were very, very difficult times. Mm-hmm. And there are probably still some people today that are going through uh, some kind of adversity. It might be self-inflicted. It might be uh, something you can't control. Yeah. And it may be just an expectation that you had or maybe a betrayal or what have you that just like you were making such good progress, mm. two steps forward and then a step back. And for some of them, it might be three or four or five steps back, it seems. Right. I mean, failure affects everything. Failed marriages, failed leadership. Failed servanthood, failed ministry, failed job, failed business, failed. There's a lot of things that we can fail at. Yeah. Well, succeed as as well, but there's a lot of opportunity to fail. Yeah. And the key is to not let the failure outside get to who you are inside. Right. And we want to talk about that in this episode because it's not as as much about focusing on failure. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, not a lot of people like to really talk about, but it's really focusing on what the value of setback is right. and to see that there's really some good things that have come from it. I look at some of the things in my own history. I had a time when I was promoted and it felt like a setback mm-hmm. because it was taking me away from the reward system that I was used to. Mm-hmm. And in this promotion, I was actually not seen as unique in my new role, even though it was more responsibility I wasn't getting the same kudos that I had in my prior role. And I didn't realize that. Right. It wasn't until I got into that role that I realized what was happening and I was feeling pretty discouraged about it. But these things happen and we don't know exactly how to predict them even. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like the despair.com poster. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's, <laughs> I have, it, but I, I remember you reading it to me. Though. Yeah. It, well, if you know about despair.com, it's like the successory posters. You right. know, so they have the big word vision, right? right. And they have, they have this dark sky <laughs> with lightning bolts and everything. And yep. it says, how can the future be so hard to predict when all my worst fears keep coming true? <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, yep. and it's kind of that way. It can feel like, when you have a setback, you know, you can almost feel like the other shoe is about to drop. Or that's even if you're feeling good about things, you might feel like the other shoe is going to drop. And when you have setbacks, they sometimes feel like it's just going to keep going and keep getting worse. Yeah. And sometimes it does get worse before it gets better. Yeah. I think Lily Tomlin said it's always darkest just before it goes pitch black. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it actually makes sense. Funny, <laughs> but it actually makes sense. <laughs> So in this episode, we're just going to be talking about not just setbacks and failures, but the whole purpose of this, again, the focus isn't the failure. It's not the setback. It's how to make the most out of your setbacks, how to make the most out of your failures, and how to use it to your advantage to make a better version, an evolved version of who you are as a leader, a minister, a 
entrepreneur or business person or whatever, husband, wife, or whatever it might be. You know, I was just thinking about this as you were saying that. Of all the people that I know, the most interesting people are the ones who have clearly had setbacks and have embraced them. Mm -hmm. I know some people who, and I have a hard time believing that they are kind of living a perfect life. Yeah. But, But if you ever talk to them and interact with them for any point of time, you don't see any cracks anywhere. Hmm. You know, beautiful wife, beautiful kids, beautiful job. Everything's just gone according to the American dream plan. As so it seems. And so it seems. Yeah. But I'm kind of less intrigued by people like that. Yeah. In fact, I kind of like don't feel like I can identify with them. And it isn't right. because I'm jealous. It's not because I want that. Yeah. It's because it's like, where do I connect into it? And is it authentic? Mm-hmm. Is it real? Yeah. I mean, all my favorite entrepreneurs, all my favorite heroes, all my favorite mentors are the ones that they just kept getting knocked down and getting back up. I agree. It's just, there's just something motivating and inspiring. Like (laughs) you see it in their eyes though. You know what I'm saying? You talk to them and it's when they're telling you something, it's a place of experience. It's a place of just, you know, the fingers pointing at you, everything is there and there's no disengaging from it. I mean, they grab you by the heart and soul and when they're telling you, you can do it, I don't care how many times you fall, you get yourself up. You're just like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because I'm less enamored by the Zuckerbergs of the world who just kind of mm-hmm. like go on this vertical and Never everything fall. else yeah. is left behind. <laughs> sure, they probably had setbacks and all the rest. Right. But the setbacks that I find most intriguing are the guys who've started a business. Mm-hmm. They've made a bunch of money. They lost, lost it all. all. <laughs> you know, they're bankrupt again. Yep. And they start right back up again. Right back up again. And they like, do not let that setback keep Mm -hmm. them from moving forward. Yep. Anytime you're surrounded by entrepreneurs and they ask you the question, who's your favorite entrepreneur? Who do you look up to the most? I don't know why we always ask that question. It's Mm -hmm. weird. Well, it's just my generation. Maybe not yours. So I always say Mark Cuban. First question they ask. See, we always say, we in my generation, we always say Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. Okay. You just age yourself to, yeah. <laughs> quite a bit. But I always say Mark Cuban. They always say why. And I just say, you know, the reason I like Mark Cuban more than any other entrepreneur is he's had to build it so many times from the ground up. You can take every penny, every asset he has today, and he'll make it all back by next year. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That's just who he is. He's not a man with a lot of money he's just a man with a lot of wisdom Mm -hmm. based on all the things that he's failed a lot to get to where he got yeah you can take his money but you can't take who he is and he'll Mm -hmm. build it back up Mm -hmm. so how do we get the most from setback that's really the key because the setback has value yep and there's a lot that it can teach us and so what are some of the ways that we can get the most from it well my favorite line is that it's normal and it's temporary, mm-hmm. though it feels like it's a never-ending season. It feels like Minnesota winters. Every time Minnesota <laughs> winter hits, everybody's like, uh, "That's over. a good metaphor, actually, because Minnesota winters are a setback." <laughs> yes, they are to my soul and my body. I, yes. I have seasonal affective disorder every time. You are absolutely right, though. When you do experience a setback, it almost feels like time stands still. Yeah, it's the eternal season. It always feels like the eternal season. Right. You, you cannot get through it. And, yep. and it, it is kind of like a Minnesota winter. Yeah. You know, it just feels like it hangs on much longer than it ought to. And it can feel very, very personal. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody else is normal. Right. Everybody else is fine. I'm the one that's in trouble. Yeah. You know, it almost feels like everybody's eyes are on you. Although, you know, it's not true. Yeah. In the moment, it is kind of true because everybody's watching you, seeing if you're going to fall apart. If you're not, that's close to you. 
and all you care about are the people that are close to you. So you feel like the whole world's watching when it's just your inner circle. Yeah. I honestly think that most people are oblivious really? to what happens to other people around them. And That's- yeah, <laughs> they, you know, they're thinking yeah. about themselves. That's you know, I true. Think everybody does. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't actually argue with that. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's hard to get past the emotion, right? Because mm-hmm. you're so saddened by it, you feel crippled by it. You think, how can I ever get past these emotions? Or you look at your bank statement and you think, how am I ever going to infuse any more money into it? Or how can I ever push myself to repeat that same process and risk that fail? You just you think all these negative things because the emotion is so negative and it's hard to think how can I lift back up because you feel like you're holding the burden of the world on your back and it's crushing you. Yeah. When Anna and I were first married, we hardly had any money to eat. I mean, we were students going to school, working part-time jobs. And there was one time when Anna was just, you know, so stressed by that. She said, Larry, I'm just going to give you the checkbook and you tell me how much I have to spend on groceries, you know, and I told her for the week, you had like $4 and 76 cents to spend. Mm. So she's such a trooper. She went out and got, you know, bags and bags of lentils. Wow. Uh, Cause it was about the only thing that we could afford and yeah. it was good to eat. But you know, after a week of eating wow. lentils, I couldn't understand how Esau could sell his birthright for a bowl of lentils too. <laughs> Cause that was like, you know, I was yeah. done with it. Yeah. But then we'd open up the front door to our apartment and there'd be bags of groceries there, you know, because people would respond. Wow. But that sense where you don't know if you can make it, Mm. you know, when you get in that kind of condition, you're just, you're sitting there like, this is like the world is conspiring against me. Yeah. You know, it can be very discouraging. Yeah. It's hard to see the end of the light when you're just entering into the tunnel. Yeah. And we have, I'm sure a number of listeners who have experienced very severe setback, a divorce, Mm. bankruptcy, job loss, health loss. Mm. I mean, lots of very serious kinds of setback. And your point, Armin, is that to experience setback is normal. Now, the degree that each of us have is going to be different, Mm -hmm. but the normalcy of it is that it's going to feel very personal and you're going to feel like you're alone in it and it's going to feel like things take forever. Yep. But here's the thing. We cannot expand until we contract. Mm Mm-hmm. And a cycle of life is that. And our culture here in America does not celebrate contraction at all. Right. It doesn't celebrate things coming in. Mm -hmm. It only celebrates expansion, you know? Right. Congratulations on your new job or your new baby or your new dog or your new house or your new car or something that is accumulative. Mm -hmm. We never actually celebrate a loss or a recession even though it's that very recession that has so much value in creating the character and the learning that allows you, when you emerge on the other side of that, to have a greater expansion. Right. This is born out in nature. I mean, and Jesus observed that unless a seed dies, it can't reproduce. Yeah. It's useless just as a seed. Yeah. It's got to die, and then something bigger happens. And that's true for each of us. And mm-hmm. until something dies for us, too, it won't get bigger. You know? Yeah. And, Multiplication always follows contraction. Hmm. And if you look at astronomy, for instance, you know, there's the stars are born because gas has collected as gravity has pulled gas together from the nebula, which is the exploded star. Hmm. You know, so you've got an expanding star, something that breaks, and it's after that expansion that something contracts and then it creates a new star. So this whole wow. cycle of expansion and contraction is born out in nature. 
except there's something about our human spirit that only celebrates or only believes that expansion is normal, that we always need to be expanding. Hmm. And yet uh, setback and contraction is just, as you said, a very normal thing right. to do. Yeah, so to exclamation point, just like winter ends and the spring comes, whatever season of setback you're in, spring will come. Yeah, if the setback is normal and we call that a winter time, then you know maybe the next point is, is spring is coming, right? Spring is coming. So the next point we would make on this is that it just to remember, it's preparatory to something greater, as Larry likes to put it, just because you're in a down season, just because you're having a setback, just because you're experiencing some kind of failure doesn't mean it's the end of who you are. It's preparing you for a greater version of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I know you'd want to expound on that. So I'd love to hear what you'd add to that. Well, I just like the metaphor of a wave, you know, when it comes and it, and it crashes onto the shore, not all of it ends up on the shore. You know, there's a big part of the wave that is the undertow, the part that goes back into the ocean. That's the contracting part. That's the loss part, if you will. So not all of the wave is ever spent on the shore. A large part of it goes back. And what is it there for? It's to help build and strengthen the next wave that comes. So the setbacks in your life, the setbacks in my life, are those things that have sometimes their reversals. And those reversals bring power into our next wave. And we need to allow that to happen. If we resist that, if we resist and try to push through too fast a reversal, we're going to miss the opportunity for making our next wave even more strong. So there's learning and processing. If you're in the middle of a setback right now, no matter what it is, it's good for you to remember that that's preparatory to something greater. So don't rush the preparation. It's like trying to push all the water on the shore. If you did, then the next wave wouldn't be nearly as powerful and nearly as strong. And, and so there's something about that, that it brings about something greater. I like the story of Joseph in the Bible. You know, here's a guy who had a lot of setbacks. Yeah. You know, it's the couple. I mean, yeah. I mean, he kind of agitated his brother. He's, you know, they only try to kill him. No big deal. Yeah. He's wearing this, you know, (laughs) fancy coat. Technicolor dream coat. (laughs) Technicolor dream coat. Yeah. This, this Hollywoodized uh, technicolor dream coat. And his brothers are, you know, getting a little annoyed at what they perceive as his arrogance by, you know, stating that, hey, uh, you guys are all going to bow to me, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're like, "Uh, enough of this. Let's show this dreamer what he's really made of. So they throw him in a well. That's a setback. You know, first of all, (laughs) the the place you're supposed to feel at home. Any of you ever felt, you know, abandoned by your family and betrayed by your family? And I think we've all had those experiences Mm -hmm. where we felt like, hey, that ought not to happen in family, right? Mm -hmm. And Joseph had that. Thrown in a well. Yep. And when one of his brothers went back to try to rescue him, found that he wasn't there because he'd been traded off to some Egyptians, right? And mm-hmm. Sold into slavery. That's like going from bad to worse. Yeah. You know, now your family's not even around. Yeah. They have no idea where you are. Yep. And so he gets sold into slavery and then ends up in Egypt mm-hmm. and purchased by Potiphar, ends up in his house and, you know, because of his skill, ends up running the household, which is kind of a cool thing. You think that, well, all right, you're making some progress. You got a little freedom. Yeah. And he gets accused of rape. Yeah. Thrown into prison. And here's another setback. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, well, where does that thing end? And, you know, you see the whole story of his life where he finally gets promoted to overseeing second only to Pharaoh, wow. all of Egypt. Yeah. A remarkable story. It's the equivalent of what we were just talking about with entrepreneurs that yeah. lost everything and get it all back again. And that's mm-hmm. the Bible version of that same kind of inspiring, never say die 
mm-hmm. attitude. Mm-hmm. And I've got to believe that Joseph exhibited this notion of, okay, I'm here, and I've got to embrace the reality of the setback, knowing that it's normal, it's not forever, but it is also going to lead to something greater. And for him, that certainly was the case. Yeah, I would say this. In my life, I confidently believe that I have learned by far more from my failures than I ever have from any other aspect of my life, whether that's education or even having mentors in my life or anything like that. I would say my failures have taught me way more about anything than I've done, whether it's in terms of business, in terms of relationship. Heck, I'll make it really simple. I learned more from losing my first fight than I ever did from winning any fight. That first fight. The first I, fight with Ashley? No, I'm t- no fist fight when I got laid out. I, See, I learned more from my first fight with Anna than I did from any other. No, my, my wife doesn't fight well. She just shuts down and I just feel terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't go very well. Uh, but no, that first fight, I mean, I had no technical training in how to fight, but I remember that first fight just getting punched. I remember it disoriented me so much that I couldn't fight anymore that no matter how much punching I knew how to do or kicking I knew how to do, but until I I took a hit, I didn't really understand fighting. In that one fight of just getting my butt kicked, I realized your defense is probably a lot better than your offense Mm -hmm. if you know how to avoid a punch. Mm -hmm. And in life, I can take that same fighting analogy into my businesses, into my relationships, into everything. But every time I've fallen, I've always gotten back up stronger and better at that thing, whatever that thing. Well, you know, if you think about it just from a physical perspective, you can't build muscle strength unless the muscle goes into failure. Yep, you have to tear and that's that's how it rebuilds. And so the same principle is there true. When we look back over the experiences of our lives, even things that might seem like, why did I go down that path? Or what was that all about? Mm -hmm. No experience is wasted. Never. You know, I think we've even talked in this episode about my choice of major. You know, I went in to get a degree in physics and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of bad reasons for me to do that. Yeah. And it is one of those things that I think about if I were to rewind my life, I would like to have those four years spent differently. (laughs) Right. And here's what happened. This was just three weeks ago Hmm. that this occurred to me. And it was really freeing for me because I was coaching session with an executive. Hmm. And uh, the way I was approaching the coaching session in uh, suggesting what this executive does in terms of the next steps they need to take, I realized that what I was doing was applying the scientific method that I had learned when I was in college. What's that? Well, just the process of a thesis and experimentation, oh, uh, you know, just applying method. the scientific okay. method okay. to this particular situation. Yeah. And I don't think I would have been as disposed to do that if I had not had that training. So it was kind of like, hmm. wow, okay, so that experience, even though it felt like it was a big diversion, is actually forming in the way I think yeah. about the world which might explain a lot (laughs) for other reasons, you know, but it was comforting that it wasn't entirely a waste. And a year ago, you know, I think I mentioned in one of our earlier episodes that I had started a business that was really, as far as I was concerned, a sidetrack for two years. It's like, Mm. why did I spend all that time going down there? We ended up shutting down the business. It wasn't a good match. It wasn't a good fit for me personally. It was just more aggravating. And it was clearly two years wasted. It felt like a setback. Hmm. And then only six months ago, I realized that the very thing that we were doing in that business, I can apply in another endeavor that I'm doing. Hmm. And I hadn't thought about that. And nor would I think I would have thought about it Hmm. if I hadn't done that. So you know, none of those experiences need to be a waste. Well, I think that's a great lead into our next point, which is 
focusing on what you gained by the experience rather than what you lost. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're already pointing to that. You looked at this situation. You're saying, I spent two years building this business that we ended up doing nothing with. We separate in part ways, made no income, made no revenue, just wasted a lot of time. And then now you're saying, I, just six months ago, I'm starting to apply exactly what we did. And it, that's, it, that's, that's exactly right. And the key there is if you can identify, as you said, what did you gain from it? The thing about it is you don't know how you're going to apply that yet. And it might be years down the road before Mm -hmm. that shows up in some way to apply it. Mm -hmm. But if you can consider that even the setback, if you have an open mind about what you're learning and what you gain from it, it can pay dividends in the future. You just don't know yet. Yeah. I think about all the businesses I've started and failed. And some ended them in the startup process even. They never even got started. But there isn't a single one of those, no matter how worthless I thought that business idea was after a few months even being into it, there isn't a single one of those experiences that I can think back to that didn't add serious value to me in a way that I apply them to my new businesses, apply them to my friends that are launching businesses, apply to people who literally come to me and say, hey, can you help me build a brand before mm-hmm. I launch this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's mm-hmm. not a problem. But it does a lot. Um, yeah, well, you know, the one thing I like about what you said is focus on what you gain by the experience has us thinking about being more grateful because I think it's that gratitude, which is your best defense to when you start to shut down and mm-hmm. get all weirded out by what's happened. It starts to rob who you are. When you can look at it and say, boy, I gained a lot from that. Mm-hmm. You know, And the best way you gain is really our next point, really, isn't it, to the, what you learn about yourself. Yeah. So this almost sounds like the exact same thing, but there is a separation. There is a difference between this. So the fourth point being, what did the experience teach you about yourself? Mm -hmm. So gaining saying, what knowledge did I gain? What friendships did I gain? What new mentor did I gain? What new service or whatever it might have been that you gained, right? But this is talking about what is this new thing that you learned about yourself? Yep. For example, I learned I don't like selling. One of my businesses, I, because, well, let's just be honest, you can't be an entrepreneur if you don't sell, mm-hmm. right? It's a must. You have to sell. But I realized even though I don't like it, I still do it. But I know at some point where I belong is the back. I love account management, right? But if I didn't do it, because I was really good at sales growing up, but Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And I learned that about myself. And now I'm capable of positioning myself in a business or a startup or whatever, where I can not just enjoy what I do, but I'm extremely effective of what I do when I'm in the position that I know is a strong suit that I have because I love relationships. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what John Killinger was saying in our Inspire Me quote. It's the best opportunity to know who you really are. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Well, the final thing is to talk about this and process it with a mentor and a friend, because we can't often work our way through what we're learning, either what we gain from it and how it might affect us personally, unless we're able to talk out loud. And I like what Ralph Waldo Emerson said, a friend is one before whom I may think aloud. And we often don't know what we're thinking about something until we're able to just think it out. So Find a friend that you can confide with that are truly advocates, not critics. Yeah. You don't want to find anyone who you're trying to impress. Stay away from people you're trying to impress uh, for this because it isn't going to work. Or stay away from people who are impressed by you because you can't really be yourself then either or they won't believe you. Yeah, if you have to politic and you have to constantly filter around those people because you have some standard you have to live by around them, then you're not going to get the full value out of it. Be you, extrovert, go nuts 
don't worry about judgment because you know who that person is sitting next to you. Right. So if you want to get the most from setback, and it's going to happen, and it happens to all of us, and if you're in the middle of it, remember it's just temporary and normal, that it is preparation to something greater. And if you focus on what you gained from the experience, then rather than what you lost, Mm -hmm. you're able to have more gratitude and be more resilient to depression or despair or whatever that might come in. And when you look at it from that lens, you can also start to see what the experience teaches you, like Armina talked about. I'm not good at sales, or I'm better at this, or whatever, and you can be sure to avoid those things in future endeavors. And finally, the value of really processing that out loud with a mentor or a friend that you can deal with. It's time probably for a challenge me, though, right, Armin? Yeah, absolutely. So here's a simple, very easy-to-do challenge. It's if you're in a season that is a setback season, or it's a winter season for you, you feel like you failed, and you're just stuck in that or there's one that comes soon do this rather than focusing on the failure just take an inventory of what you've gained from going through that process that's led you to the setback what what relationships do you have now that you didn't have before what knowledge do you have now that you didn't have before what do you know now about yourself that you didn't know before Mm -hmm. how did it stretch you How much more stress can you handle than you thought you could before? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. You know, there's a lot of things that you gain from any loss and from any setback and any failure. And if you can take some time and just inventory what you've gained out of it rather than what you lost or what the opportunity cost was, I think it'll start building you up and allowing you to see the situation differently. Man, I've been there so many times. I'll just say this. This life is not about how many times you win. It's about how many times you fall and you get back up. Mm -hmm. Because winning isn't guaranteed. Failing is. And every time you fall, just get up, brush it off, get back up and go at it. Mm -hmm. The more times you get up, the stronger that you get. Some point, you're going to be so strong that you can't lose. Mm. That's good. I like what you said. Winning isn't guaranteed. Failure is. And so the best option is always to get right back up. Yep. That's awesome. Well, listen, this is the end of our show. We've run out of time, but we certainly hope you enjoyed it. You can uh, see the show notes at reinventure.me slash 56. And we'd love for you to review the show on iTunes or Stitcher and tell your friends about it. You can visit reinventure.me slash iTunes. That'll take you right to the iTunes page on, well, on iTunes. And uh, (laughs) reinventure.me slash Stitcher will take you to the page on Stitcher. Go figure. (laughs) But leave us a question as well. We love to get calls on our show line at 612-314-5447 or join our Facebook.com community and find us at Facebook.com slash ReInventureMe. Well, for Larry Gates and Armin Asad, we're saying so long. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the ReInventureMe podcast with your host, Larry Gates, and Armin Asadi.